Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, a tech industry podcast presented by Dun 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 DNI Stream, the live knowledge repository for software professionals. Our rebranding is going swell. It's Thursday, 7 p.m. British time. We're live on twitch.tv slash DNI stream. We promised some changes. We've been working hard at our rebranding and we're rejigging. Are we also rebasing on prod? Because that would be cool. No, I definitely never <laughs> rebase on prod or master. Well, don't rebase from master at least anyway. Uh, so those of you watching us live here on Twitch, hi, or on YouTube, you'll be able to see our beautiful new branding. And these have been provided by one of our previous guests, Sarah from Firemain Studio. Massive hearts out to you. We love you. Well, she'll also be starting our development stream soon. So watch for announcements for those on Twitter or in our Discord. So let's get started. I'm Josie Howarth, which you can see by looking at my name. And as always, I am joined by the man with the sentient beard, my co-host, Chris Seabach. Hello, Josie, and hello to everybody in chat. As always, <laughs> we've got a few people again going going at it. How do you like the new branding? Come on, tell us. Is it good? Do you like purple? Do you like yellow? <laughs> we had yellow before. <laughs> It we had works. it slightly orange. We were basically Halloween colored before. Yeah, because so comments comments are always welcome, and, the, and they're always welcome for the branding. They're welcome all the way throughout the show. And if you've got any questions or anything, please do get involved. We are live. Um, so before we get going, let's introduce our guest today. Our guest is Andy Morrill. Andy, hello. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm I'm doing well actually. Um, busy day as always. Um, yeah, so uh, not have a nice relaxing stream before probably doing my own later. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, and Andy is a streamer, Andy is a developer, and he's here to talk about Andy stuff. Stuff. Uh, we, we, we're here to talk about uh, sort of how to sort of stay relevant in development, uh, because once we've finished formal education, or if we don't even go into formal education, <laughs> oh, that's um, a debate. <laughs> uh, we come out and we've got to last from twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, maybe until we're seventy. Um, and basically, how do you do that? And yep. it's it's difficult, but we've all got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and before we begin, yes, we have our icebreaker question. As always, Chris tries so hard to avoid these. He really, really does. But it's a very simple question. And in fact, it should remind you of your childhood ever so slightly. And this icebreaker question has nothing to do with development and has everything to do with being a kid at heart. So... What's your favorite dinosaur and why? And yeah. let us know if you're when you're listening, or hit us up if you're listening to us on the podcast in the future at uh, at DNI Stream on Twitter. It's, it's always guests on her for these, I'm afraid. Uh, so Andy, it's your your go. <laughs> you, you can go I'm going to go Triceratops. Why? I don't know. Just cool. It's just like who wouldn't want a like a big head and three horns. And yeah, well, it's it's not not it's all it's all for ramming, isn't it? The the head. It's not even a head. It's just a big bone. It's a massive. No, um, it's actually a really brittle bone. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's, oh. if, if 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 it it's it's the whole skull basically. Um, right. Well, but, I've learned yeah. something today. <laughs> oh, for me, <laughs> for me, it would be. Um, I'm going to go with, and I've forgotten the name of it. I'm going to go with the mastodon because it's big. Oh, you! No, well, that's okay. You can have the mastodon. It's big, woolly, and and it's the Reminds name of, of my favorite. It's the name of my favorite band as well. So, okay, um, I have to read out Tul Tepe's. Tul Tepe says the dodo, the only true dinosaur. <laughs> the, the weakest <laughs> link, basically, wasn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I mean, chickens, even today, you know, if it's raining and chickens are outside, they look up so it's possible for them to drown <laughs> while standing outside. It, it, it's, it's a thing. Well, see, <laughs> Jamie just said even, chicken because it's Velociraptor in disguise. <laughs> yep. Whereas for me, I am going to go with a Megalodon. Big, big shark, because I personally like the water. Um, although, God help me, Subnautica. God help me. I've, I've, I've. Quick side note. 
first time I played Subnautica, I already knew that the Reaper Leviathan existed. Uh -huh. I already knew that all that stuff was there. However, I hadn't experienced it firsthand, oh. and it came at me, and I destroyed a keyboard. That's one of the reasons that I <laughs> love that shit. game so much. There's very little peril in it, but it's terrifying. The game is so atmospheric. And anyway, I keep every time we talk about Subnautica, mm. it's such a wonderful game. Anyway, it, right. just, it just comes at you, sneaks it, up on you, doesn't it? Yeah, have you seen the Ghost Leviathan, though? Oh no. uh, yes, Ooh. yes, yes! I have. They're not quite as um, scary, but they're—that's death. As soon as you see one of them, game over, well, basically. Yeah, that's a thing. But we're not a game podcast. <laughs> we should be. <laughs> hey, Gordon not says yet. pterodactyl, <laughs> a flying dinosaur. What's not to like? I, I, I would pterodactyl because how do you spell it? I know he spelt it correctly there, but how do you spell it? Pterodactyl. I don't know. Anyway, the same way you spell possum. Yes, a possum. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I've actually not written a script for this part. Normally we have a little question that we ask our guests. So I'm going to wing it. I'm going to absolutely wing it. So, Andy, let's start with how do you... What's, what's your number one way of staying relevant these days? How do you... How do you you're a developer. There's, there's so much information out there. There's so many bits of tech out there. How do you remain on top of your game? At the moment, I'm on quite a lot of lists that I can't mention. I thought you were going to say uh, drugs then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on lots yeah, not of quite, drugs. Wow. Not quite that either. Um, no, um, so yeah, I'm on quite a few sort of distribution lists uh, that I can't mention, but that's something else. Um, but my top thing in the past three years has actually just been my streaming. Hmm. Uh, and because of my, I've been doing development streams, it's a case of, and they're three times a week usually, um so it's literally just been going okay what am i going to do this this week and if you think about it those little side projects over the past three years have just exponentially increased my knowledge in other little bits of uh the the internet um would you so, say you've learned from your viewers as well have they been giving you feedback and asked and saying oh you should try this or this is a solution to this this kind of problem yes so i, th I think the main one is i've grabbed hold of Vue as my sort of go-to framework when it comes to web development. Um, and I did try React. I, I've used React in my day job. I tried Angular. I wasn't quite a fan of it. Um, but Vue, I just very much took a hold of, and it's just like very, very much my thing um, that I liked. And somebody just like, I think I had four recommendations at the time. And the other one began with an A, and I can never remember what the actual full name of it is. Got a JavaScript um, framework beginning with eight. But A, A, that isn't Angular. Oh, right. We'll have to leave that one with the audience. I, I, yes, I can't audience, think. audience, go look this yeah. up for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how I do it now. And then, of course, with the start of this year, quite a lot of stuff has changed. Mm. Well, in our industry, that is, I think, one of the the consistent. Do you remember? I've been around for a long time, so I'm old. I admit this. But do you remember how long it used to take for updates for languages to come out? The cadence was uh, very was, disparate. Put it that way. There, there was yeah. It was a it was a sort of peaceful sort of oh something new has come out you have time to do things and, and use it, and upgrade and everything nowadays it's almost like you are foot to the floor full throttle and if if you go in for a job like in our case I think pretty much all of us are like freelance slash run around companies kind mm -hmm. of a thing you know we're consultants and stuff so for each of us if we're pulled into a company and they're working in a particular framework and we're just in there going God, there's like three versions after that already. Uh, okay, like it's it just seems uh, daunting is a really good way to put it. Um, although I have to say, one of the beautiful things about live streaming coding is you get over being precious. I this is something we've tried to stress, and as we're starting the new year, we're going into the new branding. I am going to almost stress this every episode. You can have no ego in coding, not if you want to learn, not if you want to grow, and especially if you want to stay relevant. Because if you sit there and believe you know everything, sheesh. You see, when I when I <laughs> streamed, I did some streaming, uh, stream coding myself a good while back now, a good few years mm. back, and it was all um, game development, most of it anyway. 
And the problem I had is I was trying to get to a goal. I was trying to finish something. And I found that when I was streaming, I was learning loads. I was getting information off my off my um, uh, my listeners and, and my, what the people who were watching me. But it was really difficult to concentrate on the problem that I, I had because I, was I wasn't just learning new techniques and a new framework. I was working with Unity. Um, I was struggling with the maths as well. So I was, I was, because it, it's completely different from enterprise development. You know, you have to work with vectors and, and uh, dot products. And, you know, it's it's not, to me, that bit was difficult. And I, I had, when I have to think about these things, I have to turn everything off. Even music, I have to turn off and just, just think, just think That's in silence. That's sacrilege to me. I'm sorry. If I don't I have music going, I can't actually focus or, or like, <laughs> like there has to be something going there. Although I have to say, for me, I've actually done the live programming as well back when um, I was doing the other show with um, uh, for the game stuff. And I was coding a Twitch bot uh, live on stream. And it was an interesting experience because I went in with uh, an agenda of I'm going to just sit here, listen, let the particular audience, you know, if they show up because they happen to see a random stream at a random time, so be it. I found that I got more done. Horses However... However, I also structured in such a way where I said, hold that thought, let me finish this, let me get this out so I don't forget. A bit like what you expect to do if you're working in an office. Although if I am in an office and my headphones are on and you approach me, I'll turn into a hag or Medusa or something. And maybe I'll hiss at you like a vampire or something. I don't know. I'm not that evil. But then again, I don't work in other people's offices. So... <laughs> Yeah, so along that sort of front, over the sort of three years of doing it, I found things like, we, I, I know the other day we were talking about uh, test-driven development within the Discord server. Now, that sort of goes out the window pretty much, and it's a case of viewers want instant gratification. Same as young developers, same as anything like that. So it, it's the, the youth of today um they want instant gratification and that's what you've got to give them and so it's your code may not look the prettiest but it's got to work and then then you do the making it pretty then you do the testing and usually the testing just sort of happens off screen um and off stream completely but yeah that that's the sort of thing where you learn very, very quickly about a little bit of framework because somebody goes, oh, hang on, it's not that, it's this. Um, or uh, somebody comes in and goes, oh, what are you doing? Why, why did you pick C Sharp? Why did you pick Vue? And you step back and then explain it to them. And this whole learning from the audience, teaching the audience, mm. helps you just go like that uh, in terms of... That's a key thing. It's a two-way process. It's when you're teaching, you learn to be concise. Uh, the one thing about this podcast is we don't necessarily teach, but we talk and we try and explain what we're talking about to people. We've got quite a few listeners who aren't in the same world as us, but they come and listen yeah. to us anyway. They're regulars and they may, some of them might not even be techies, but they come and listen to us and they're interested in what we do. So mm -hmm. we have to explain in a concise and uh, as simple a way as possible what we do and how we do it and why it's important you know and that makes i th i personally think that makes me better at all kinds of things presentations talks uh, just being with other people you know <laughs> it's, it's i i, I think I, in the end teaching period is literally how you get good at something it's, you can sit there and now I'm speaking as someone with a master's degree here, you know, you can spend all of your time studying theory and doing basic, you know, practice things and coming up with programs for your school, etc. You can do all of those little things. And it shows that you have a relatively good understanding of whatever the hell they tried to force feed you for your test so you could pass or papers that you had to write or theses you have to defend, however you look at it. But if you sit down and are able to explain to someone how to do something, why you've made the choice that you've made, and just see it through, it means so much more. I, I think the best piece of advice I ever got was from my academic advisor in my master's program who said, 
be aware, you've now gone into the master's program, which means you've gone from the funnel of you work in computers and computer science and things, and you are now in this very tiny niche. There are gonna be people who have no clue what you're saying or what you're talking about. And yet to you, it just seems like common sense. Mm. And if you can get past that and break the jargon barrier, and actually teach people the very basics. Like, why is it that you separate a visual design from a layout design and say web development? Why is there a CSS? Why is there HTML? Why have those changes gone the way they've gone? What is all of this fancy framework stuff that has derived out of this thing called JavaScript? And why is it called JavaScript when there's an actual object-oriented programming language called Java? What the hell? Like, but being able to, for a moment, forget that all your knowledge is common sense for you and but also, is brand new and fresh, it actually encourages me to research more. I also like the fact that people question me and ask me things that I don't yeah. know and, and I have to find out. And sometimes I find out when I'm streaming or while I'm, you know, while I'm working or something to figure out. And, and that makes me better. Because they're they're asking questions that I'm maybe not thinking of, and this is this is kind of the argument for paired programming quite a lot of the time, isn't it? When people pair program, I'm, I said I'm, I've already said quite a number of times I'm not a particular fan of pair programming, <laughs> but Josie and I are actually going to be doing some uh, later on in this year, which is going to be interesting because we've never worked together in that way before, and mm. I don't like pair programming, so. Let's see how that works out, hey? <laughs> Basically, you're going to be hearing about the end of DNI stream as a whole before it even got started, right? Right? So, yeah, back, I mean, back onto like relevancy and sort of staying in that thing. We all know that in our career, unless we sort of, well, actually, this is the point. Not all of us know in our career that we should continue learning and continue keeping up to date with that stuff because it's, it's the whole pyramid thing. Um, so, you start off with a hundred junior developer positions, which then end up being 60 developer positions, which end up being 30 seniors. Then you've got sort of tech leads and stuff like that. And it just ends up being like that. So you can't just move up the ladder to stay relevant. No. And no. You, can't, mm. you can't just become a managerial style role. You can't just do, do that sort of thing just to stay in work for 40 years. But arguably you, you become less relevant if you do that. If you become exactly. a manager, then you're not hands-on. You've got no reason to you're keep learning the tech. Anymore. Yeah. Um, so when that sort of thing sort of happens, you're like, well, actually, what can I do? And that's where things like classes weren't working for me uh, or I didn't do enough of them. <laughs> and, I think... And and that's typically down to being a permi and typically down to training budgets going out the window when you've got work to do. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that there are companies when you talk about permi work and you talk about training programs that that come that, that that there are companies that invest in that. There are companies that I know of and some of my clients, they they have in fact loads of companies, not just my clients, they have specific budgets and specific or specific time set aside for their employees. 20% of the week or something, that is your learning time. Regardless of what's going on in, in the real world, we've got support for that. We'll switch over to somebody else. They'll deal with that while you learn. It depends on the culture that a, a company sets for that. But it yeah. also depends on how much they, they feel or even are aware that that is something that developers need to remain stimulated and to stay, you know, to stay relevant well, within the job. Part of that actually, I think, comes from uh, if... In our cases, we bounce from project to project. We can literally bounce from framework to framework. We could mm -hmm. bounce from app to app, which in all honesty, because we run our own companies, because our livelihood depends on our being relevant, we're going to have our fingers in a lot of different pies with a lot of different knowledge that we can pull from to, to do whatever it is we're called in to do. However, if you work in a permi position, and let's just say that you're working on an app that is running on Java 6, will be running on Java 6 for the foreseeable future, it is incredibly hard to convince a company that you need to allow your people to... Learn something else. 
well, go somewhere else, or perhaps, heaven forbid, somebody come in and try and teach or try to offer another suggestion. I mean, we've joked about this before, Chris. So I'm going to bring. We've up had an entire show about it. We've had an entire show about CV-driven development, which is what that is. It that well, no, that's not CV-driven development. Well, that's a company stuck, unwilling to mature. Thus, their their employees are stagnant. But I mean, employees wanting to learn Java eight or Java ten. Or, I don't even know what Java's on. I haven't touched it for decades. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Wanting I to learn, it. <laughs> wanting to learn the latest new framework or the new newfangled thing to put it on the CV, which. They don't necessarily want to do that because they want to leave. Developers want to be stimulated. They want to be interested and remain interested in the work that right they're doing. There. That's the key here, is if you d don't be scared of upgrade, you know, of taking your employees, to uh, giving them classes and investing in them, because you're more likely to retain them if they do that. Otherwise, they're just going to go to the next place and right, they're doing .NET Core 2.2 over there, so I'm going to go and play with that, you know? Yeah, so... That that that's sort of what happened to me. It was just like I were we had the allocated training budget, but no one ever used it. Um, and I took the opportunity on that and just went right. I'm just going to do this personal project. So I started game streaming mm -hmm. uh, in February sixteen. No, Old February seventeen. Sorry, February seventeen. I started uh, game streaming and then i was like getting a couple of viewers and i was only doing it because i had the computer to do it um and then i was like well okay let's try development instead and then did that and very quickly it was learn this learn the next thing learn the next thing and then all of a sudden it was whoosh, three years gone would you say that's because you actually designated scheduled time to the learning process? Because there are a lot of people who are in the development world who the moment they get home are burned out. But there are also a number of people in the development world who, when they get home, the very first thing they do is, you know, kick their shoes off into a corner, sit down at another computer and spin up something be it a game or an application they're working on or like a friend of mine who likes to just randomly spin up servers and mess around with configuration files until things blow up you know there are people who follow different methodologies for the things they want to do yes and the people so, that are coming home and being burnt out are probably the people that so you've got to find your niche and where your learning capacity is well you need um, to know how you learn best some people uh, are yeah, kinetic and, how you learn best. and so some are the not people, the people that come home and sort of kick off their shoes and sit down at a machine and mess with aws for a night which or mess with azure or mess with something i've <laughs> never done that i've never ever done that neither has ns and w in chat with me at the exact same time you can't prove it <laughs> so if you if you come home do do that or like myself do the streaming or i'm not sure what chris does in his spare time he probably just plays computer games i play with my beard <laughs> constantly uh, <laughs> <laughs> so those those people are going to be sort of keeping relevancy because what they can do is they can go well actually i messed with aws last week um this is what i've learned from that and then you keep that going and from the streaming sort of side of things, I kept that going. And it's, I, th I think that's where those people are going to stay relevant and stay learning. But if you're burnt out, you've got to find your different way of learning because mm. you're doing a day job and feeling burnt out as a dev. So how do you do that? Where do you get that? Um, do you read a book? do you do something else that might be relevant for or might be completely different but may end up taking effect within your life so um so i learn during the job most of the time i learn when i'm doing work because i mean it, just this week i've learned a ton of things about azure devops about uh, azure because i know a fair amount about it already I've worked in lots of different areas in Azure, but it's huge. It's absolutely mm -hmm. massive. And there's no way in, in hell, unless I was exclusively dedicated to that all the time as an architect or 
you know designer or developer that I would be able to to learn all of that and, and retain the information because it moves so quick. Um, the same goes for all the other cloud platforms. I've got fingers in all of those pies, but the way that I learn when I want to learn something new, I've I've heard about something. For example, and I've used this before, Angular. I wanted to learn Angular. It is not. It was probably the, the wrong choice, um, thinking about how the market's gone now. React tends to be the most popular large framework, but as you said, Vue as well is, is popular. I decided to learn Angular by putting some personal projects together, doing my company website in Angular, redoing it completely in Angular, um, figuring out how to... Uh, I, I, I do some cycling. I, I wrote a, a cycling-related uh, application uh, that integrated with YouTube's API because I wanted to figure out how to, how YouTube's API worked. Um, it, 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 most of my work is API integration, so I just it's the same kind of thing most of the time, you know. So it's it, they're all related, and once you've got a good grounding, you tend to not need to do as much outside work learning. But you still to get into the nitty gritty and actually figure things out. The only way I can do it is by by doing it. I can, the only way I can figure things out is actually by getting my hands dirty and figuring out, and I know that. I don't have time to put it aside. I make myself do it. I force myself to open a new project and you hack away. You crack your own whip, Chris. And, then, and, the, and I am knee-deep in documentation, knee-deep in blogs, knee-deep in, in figuring out what the best use cases and best practices are for something, because I don't just want to learn how to hack a website together. I want to learn how to put a website together. If you look at the DNI website, that I could easily have hacked together in anything. But I learned, well, I, I actually knew Angular when I did that, but I've put it together as an enterprise-grade application because that's how I need to put things together for my work. So it's overkill. Well you, well, you also handled SEO and the Angular issue of, uh, you know, that, which was, a, it's an interesting exploration. But I noticed that we have some people saying some things, and I do believe, Andy, that you were going to make a comment on one of them. So I will let you take the lead yeah so uh nsn asked uh, around about um open source software and people needing to have um a pro an open profile or something that employ employers are looking for and up until last year i didn't most of my stuff was private um <laughs> i can't share half the stuff i work on in the no, aid exactly um <laughs> I still can't. Um, so mm -hmm. so it, it's one of those things where, okay, public profiles are good, but they're not generally like completely necessary. Uh, I think one of the things that I've always been good at is talking and sort of talking to people. There is a thing behind that is because I was brought up in the hospitality industry. I lived in pubs from zero until I was 18. And I went to university. So I sort of know how to talk to people who are random strangers who come to the bar. Mm -hmm. And that, that I'm not, you look at some developers and they are very sort of reclusive, not so open, may not, may not be as talkative. And I think, well, I, I think that's just a generalization of what developers are like, like we like dark holes in the, in a corner somewhere. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I'm in love with my mind palace being set to energize right now. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Which is, it's, it's a new thing. I would, open, that cave. <laughs> I would open my curtains more often if I didn't have a south-facing window that glared on my screens constantly. That's the only to reason I'm there, in a dark there is room. a big difference between light and the evil day star. We do not discuss the evil day star here. <laughs> That is a different thing altogether. You, you um, mean they outside? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, I've been out there and, you know, the graphics <laughs> sucked. So it didn't work for me. But uh, going back to further your comment, Andy, um, Gap Programmer, uh, basically Jamie pointed out that you can use an open source portfolio as a way to negate the need for tech tests. You can mm. and you can't, though. I had. I, I, I think... It entirely depends. If you are a permie, if you are someone who is looking to go into a job and sort of stay in a job, having some kind of visible, you have some skill set isn't going to prevent you from taking a tech test. If, however, you're a company that is coming in to work on a problem, 
you shouldn't even be taking a tech test to start. It's not even relevant. But, <laughs> but the, you know, the thing is, that that, that particular comment, I actually um, have tried to do that a number of times with clients um, or people that misunderstand the relationship slightly, but they, they want to me to do a tech test because I'm going to be doing some programming for them on their systems, right? So they asked me to do this CATA or something like that or some kind of tech test. It's either on-site or it's to do it at home in your own leisure and push to GitHub. And and I said, well, I've got what you're asked. You've asked for me, me to do a .NET Core and an Angular front-end, really simple, you know, kind of job. Here you go. Here's my open-source GitHub repo for DNI. That is Angular and .NET Core backend. Plus, it's got Docker in there. Plus, it's got the... But they want to compare it against a benchmark of other people. They want to look at commits. They want to look at timestamps. And, I mean... Whether or not they look at this amount of detail is is questionable, but it's also I can do the the job. You know what are you looking for, and and they, they still don't accept it a lot of the time. I think yeah. it, that's part of the problem. the The hiring process forces people to prove that they know their stuff because you're trying to prove to, we'll say eight out of 10 times, someone who doesn't understand anything and all they're really doing is looking at a sheet kind of answer. That's not all the time, but that, that tends to be a case in sort of larger, big places and enterprises. However, when it comes to being the relevant side of things, it's almost like if you want to make more money. Let's let's be blunt. In the end, mm -hmm. you want to stay relevant because you want a paycheck, because you want a roof over your head, and because you want, I don't know, a Tesla. Uh, let's <laughs> just throw that out there. You want a Tesla. So you obviously need a paycheck. And in order to keep a paycheck, you need to stay relevant for whatever your position is. Now, that could mean, like I said, you get really good at, you know, Java 6.0, like you get really good at it, or you like nail down Red Hat 5, like that is your beast, like, or F5s as we were talking about in our Discord earlier, or you need to go out exploring other frameworks or other languages, um, other tool sets, because sometimes it's not about the language, but about the tool set that you're using for that language that can also have an impact and teach you things as well. I just wanted to. We're actually coming close to the end of the show. Weirdly, we've uh, we've flo flown by. Uh, it doesn't look. We're like know. thirty minutes away. No, we've got we've got we've got ten well, minutes left until we do. Yeah. yeah, until we do our uh, until our closures. But oh well. <laughs> I'm just thinking. There's some other things here as well. So there's something relevant for people like us um, that specifically if you're a permi and you work in an office with other people and say you're in a massive company and you've got contractors coming and going and you've got new employees coming and going all the time you're more likely to be on the cutting edge if it's a big company that that takes um that, that uses new technologies it's always got new projects going and you get the option to use these new things i've seen that in lots of big places i've seen that as well there's also the, looking at that there's also the stagnation side of thing where they're, they're using the java 6 and they shouldn't be but then there are people <laughs> like us that we don't have that luxury of of working with and speaking to lots of people necessarily. So streaming is a really good way to do that and spread your knowledge and, mm. and get information and, and learn by osmosis, essentially. There's also networking. I went to a few tech networking events last year, uh, only a few, only a handful, um, but every time I went, some, some geek there, and I say geek with the, the kindest possible way, because I, I am one, <laughs> They, they they splurged at me about this new thing that they were playing with and i'd like i'm not you know i'm kind of processing it and going well what, how does that fit into what i do is that relevant oh yeah that's interesting oh cool yeah oh, oh i'll go and have a look at that and so i'd go off and have a you know have a dig and i find that as, as a business owner networking really helps me do that in the right events if i go to a business networking thing it's not the same it's you don't get that kind of information but if you go I live up north. If I go into Manchester and do some, you know, tech events, mm. there's always somebody there that wants to share knowledge with me and tell me about the latest, greatest new uh, AWS thing or, or anything or new it's, JavaScript framework that I've not heard of. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because for me, it's not the networking side of things. It because of a lot of what I do, um, I'm constantly looking for ways to improve my process and my workflow, um, and that has 
that and my absolute love of adopting new technology and trying things out to see how it all interacts um, is a very large source. So, you know, things like Reddit, some of the developer uh, chat rooms, like our developer Discord. I'm also in a developer IRC. Yes, I still use IRC, people. Yes, it's still around. Um, but it's the talking to people just in general or looking for solutions to a problem that I currently have. So um, uh, there's a couple of things that I'll potentially mention at the end of the show for the things that I have learned that I want to educate people about. But I've only just recently found that I'm sitting there going, why is it that I only just learned about this now? This thing would have saved me like four years ago. Where were you all of my life? But I tend to find that. And then the other side of how I try to stay relevant in my own right is I'll get an idea in the back of my head of there needs to be an app that does this. Why can't I find what I want? And then it starts me in the whole circle of I'm looking for it and I can't find it. So therefore, I'm going to build it or a variation of it. So that tends to be how I, uh, I stay relevant along the lines of just listening to whatever my clients need and going, let me just verify the solution I'm thinking of is correct. Hmm. <laughs> you I, know? <clears throat> I think when it comes to like the whole story of staying relevant, re staying relevant, mixing words today, um, is the willingness to learn. I think that's the whole point. And it was, I, I'm, I'm harking back to a conversation I had like at my Christmas due, <laughs> believe it or not, two o'clock in the morning, absolutely out of it. But then we were talking about how do you employ remote developers and how do you know or even internal developers or on-site ones how do you know they can do the job and if say for example somebody comes to you and they said oh, i've been in this position for 20 years i've been doing java 6 for that time and you go okay so what have you learned what are you likely to do and because we're doing C sharp here. And he goes, well, actually, I've got this project, this project. This is my open source software profile. You go, okay, that's great. If if another guy comes to you and goes, yeah, I just know Java. Mm -hmm. You go, well, actually, you, you, this other guy has put himself miles ahead because he's willing to learn the next thing, willing to sort of even try it. Um, and we all um, know developers like that that don't want to learn or don't necessarily think that they need to because they've got, they've had a twenty year job of doing VB six or Java six, and I've I've met accent. fairly recently met people like that that they they don't care they don't want to learn when you come to them with new solutions to problems that they've had for their entire life they don't care that there are new solutions that, that there are better ways to do things and more efficient ways to do things and and this. They're stuck in the past. It works for them. Yeah, it works. Thumbs up. But do you, it, sometimes it's not even just employees. Sometimes it's businesses that don't particularly mm. want to move on because they've got a way of working and they, they feel that it's the, the right way to do it. And they feel sometimes they also feel that they've got a, 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 a unique situation that they have solved problems within their business over the 20-30 over the year span of their business that nobody else has solved. And it's like, well, you're doing it for a better phrase ask before tit you know you you you, you literally are you, you there are so many you're putting better the cart to, before the horse chris it's a better way of doing it yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, learning, we're just we're talking about to be better phrase we're learning to use <laughs> other, i'm from up like, north it don't matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah um going back to a comment that was said in chat by and if i say your name wrong i do apologize but um avanash pointed out as they've experienced, even after many years, tech tests cover only basic stuff. This actually leads to a situation that I saw. Uh, there's an individual I know, and I have to obfuscate everything. I do apologize. It's just the nature of the businesses that we live in. But there's this individual who spent years becoming very skilled in a particular niche of tech. And it was the type of thing where in their job, they were the ones responsible for the, they're the ones who write the, the stack exchange answers, basically, you know, the ones that get all the upvotes. They were like that. And they wanted to go somewhere else, look for a job. And the basic test, take the uh, tech test that they had to take covered stuff that they hadn't touched in years simply because 
they've been so detail focused and a company lost out on this individual because they put too much relevance relevance on that and less on the actual conversation and even now couple years later, the managers for that place are kind of kicking themselves in the rear end in the Watushi, if we want to get all proper and Southern up in this place. They got kicked in the Watushi because they she know they missed out on someone absolutely imp like impressive. They lost out and it's yeah. on them. Uh, so, and I, I yeah. think, yeah, uh, exactly that. And you can sort of have a guy that's sort of too advanced and he's like, this doesn't even make sense this tech test this is like my boilerplate i just can copy and paste that from somewhere else uh because it's the same everywhere it's used the same in all circumstances um it's like you look you look at dotnet core for example and sort of between like all the dependency injection stuff and you can just go yeah copy and paste that section done uh for every single project that you do yeah to an extent and, and that's the thing it's, it's like i think Sometimes, sometimes, I remember back in the day of uh, Classic ASP, I knew how to write an ADO connection to a database and create a record set and, and loop through it, and it's still up here, and I haven't written it for 20 years. I could probably do it in a notepad right now for you. I might use VAR instead of DIM or whatever. I can't even remember what the, the context is, but I would be able to write it, and I probably know the connection string off by heart as well because I wrote it out so many times, and I don't think Control-C worked on my computer, on my, my keyboard. When I, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Control-C, sweetie? It's right mouse button you should be using. Oh, no, no. You're talking to someone who doesn't even have a toolbar enabled in Visual Studio. Yeah. Hi. Not because everything shortcuts resharper for the win. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Yeah, I, I, when it comes to the whole concept though of tech testing and trying to stay relevant, I think it is such a mixed bag. You have to figure out, like Andy said, you have to figure out your learning style. And in Chris's case, you've got to make time. You know, you have to be able to put the time aside to stay relevant. Sometimes that does mean arguing with your boss. Sometimes that means arguing with yourself. Sometimes that means arguing with, you know, I don't know, what's the latest reality television show that's out there? I hate reality TV. Sometimes it means arguing with your um, laziness as well. In my in my sense, that's a lot of times. That's why I say time. yourself. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's not, sometimes you know? it's, right, I've got to prioritize it over work. Um, which doesn't really happen I mean, if I've got work in that that is the priority but sometimes when I don't have work in and I'm comfortable and I don't and this is unique to I suppose myself but you you don't I'd, I'd rather spend the time relaxing and chilling out you know as you said as Andy said earlier I play games a bit too much probably when I'm not working I should probably be digging into things but then again well... years and years ago I absolutely burned myself out and I, I was I get the problem I have is that I, I start a project, I get learning, and I, and, I, and I get really, really into it, and then every waking second gets ploughed into it, and then I burn myself out, and I know it's coming, I can feel it coming, and then I stop, and I don't touch anything for ages, and then I go, I start writing blogs again, and I start streaming again, and I start getting into things, and but I've learned these days to to level it out, to to, to time box things, you know? There is a cyclical nature to a lot of us. There really, really is. It's almost like we're our own planets revolving around the developer or a sysadmin sphere or what have you. Um, I know for myself, I've actually, I have to be very careful because if um, I also game, I also read, I, I read way too much, but I also work way too much but I also play games way too much. I have a way too much balance is really the way my life works. Um, but I will find myself in a situation, for example, um, a game that I'm currently absolutely obsessed with, I have discovered a need for a tool. And therefore, I am going to have to build that tool because <laughs> we need it. I, uh... And I, it's like... Oh boy. And, and poor Chris, he, he doesn't realize it, but this is one of the things that we will actually be building. But to be fair, a lot of the tools that are used for this game are built in frameworks like Java, or not Java, like Angular and other things like that. So all we're doing is jumping on the bandwagon of a lot of other tools. It's just the tools that I need 
ain't there yet. <laughs> I used to play a mobile yeah. game called uh, Kingdoms of Camelot. Other mobile games are available, of course. Um, and it was it was wow. one of them. It was one of them. Um, like other object-oriented languages are available. Other than I don't Java. know if you ever remember. There was there was a, there was a game. There was a game years ago. It was a browser game, and you could send ships off to planet or something like that it was called you could send ships off to to fight it was one of the very first browser games like sci-fi yes. ones um anyway it was similar to that but it's mobile and it's like your kingdoms of camelot you've got castles and you send them off to fight each other and things like that there was a particular mechanic in this game that was um you could upgrade your knights and you needed a certain amount of coins or gems or whatever it was you could earn in the game or you could buy um to upgrade <clears throat> and to be really efficient you had to spend a, exactly the right amount and then spend another amount that was just just the enough amount to get to the next level. And there was a particular calculation that I figured out in my head. And I ended up writing, um, I ended up using um, packet sniffers to, to figure out how, what the JSON looked like. I ended up reading they all of this. They grew the T's and T's. Um, it was fine. It was fine. There wasn't any oh, T's, okay. T's and T's in that. I cut in. Anyway, and, and I was I was picking out like information from the from the thing and then i was figuring out how to do it but I've, i remember learning jquery ui with that particular thing at the time it was relevant it's very irrelevant now but at the time it was a it was a tool that i used to to actually learn a new framework and that's how i learn exactly the same every time there's a, there's a need or i've got a need of some description and i pick a framework up and i go with it but that's just frameworks there's a whole other host of things that i need to learn that i can't do that with and I have to learn other ways. Oh, look right. at you. Okay, so we're at the point now in our stream where it's time for us to do a BYOM. This is a bring your own manual. Each one of us is going to share a little thing from this week that we have learned. It could be development related. It could be not. Um, that we hope to pass on to you that you might find interest in exploring in your own time or perhaps learning more about and making use of in your own profession. So, Chris, I'm going to pick you because you made Andy go first for the icebreaker. So I'm giving him a little bit of a break. Do you have anything at all that you have learned this week that you can share? No, I haven't learned anything because I am perfect. Well, we knew that already. But <laughs> pretend for the rest of us no, mere so mortals. Us this muggles. Week, <laughs> this, this week I, I reiterated, I'm in the process of writing lots and lots of documentation proposals and impact assessments and things for a particular client. And I learned or relearned, and this happens almost every time I write a proposal, that scope, even when you're writing documentation, is extremely important. Mm. The proposal I've been writing is way too wide. And it's my fault and also the client's fault in that we we haven't really dug down to what the actual problem is. That they, they have you know, they haven't thought about it enough and I haven't asked all the right questions. Um I always think I do, but there's so much, you know, when you dig, start digging into things and there's just more and more and more things. And it's just come down to the point where I'm thinking, I need, we need to split this out. There needs to be specific sections of this proposal that we need to approach one by one. We can phase the whole thing in, but it needs to be scoped. And scope is extremely important in software. Scope creep is a, is a massive thing. I wouldn't say it's creep in this instance, but the scope of the overall overarching document and project that will be spawned from it is extremely important so yeah that's daunting. that's my well no I, it's certainly not daunting i don't find these things daunting but it's it's just it's just it needs to be managed for them more than anything they need to be able to have piecemeal information to make decisions and decide which mm. direction to go and it said that's partly my fault that i haven't you know actually but i've, I've identified it and you know passed that on so andy so I mean, you two both know um, that at the start of the week, I am four days in now to my self-employment career. Woohoo! Uh, well um, <laughs> so you quickly learn how long to spend on things and how long to um, set aside for sort of the general business admin and um, <laughs> meet, and, and meeting with the, uh, the meeting, meeting with your other employee, um, which happens to be my wife. So, <laughs> and sort of trying to get that sort of underway, um, and that sort of thing sorted. Um, 
I just realized every single one of us in our company employs our spouses. Well, okay. Well, yeah, in my yeah. case, it's, 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 it's an interesting concept. My point is, though, that they work with us, and that's mm. kind of cool. <laughs> mine works for me, let's be honest. Let's be, let's be truthful here. Oh, see, I, I, mine works with me. Well, I can't let him work above me, and I can't work, let him work below me. He's got to be working with me. But yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I mean, yeah, it's very much a, an employer-employee relationship, me and my wife. Um, the way it has to work is just, just because of the nature of the work that she does for me, so... But yeah, other other aspects, of course, that isn't the case. But uh, in, in employment, but it's good to set those boundaries, and that's the thing: is when you when you move mm. into your own business, you you realise that you have to set limits on. I mean, you mm. can't spend forever getting a test right or, or writing a particular piece of code or or doing your books. You have to spread it out and make sure that you know, make sure that you you prioritise properly, and you don't spend forever doing something that you think should need to be right. It need it just needs to be enough for now. You can come back to it later. Oh, back, There's back, an back, argument back, for that, but back, go back ahead, to the, Andy. Back to the partner thing. I was about to say, so who wears the trousers in your relationship? Because, well, streaming? <laughs> <laughs> and here we turned off the mature warning for our audiences. Hmm. That wasn't <laughs> that bad. Come on. Turn but no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. There is that limitation and you learn yeah. real quick. And I'm going to give you a piece of advice as a piece of advice that I mm -hmm. wish had been given to me when I started my own company. Put aside a time every quarter to reevaluate not just your roadmap, but where you're at. And mm. are you actually finding yourself overwhelmed? Are you taking on too many projects or not enough projects? Have an evaluation every three months. And if you have someone you can have that evaluation with, do so because accountability can be very helpful. And if you are really good at looking at yourself in the mirror and being able to be strict and stern with yourself without, you know, either spiraling into imposter syndrome or, you know, going off and lying to yourself because you don't want to admit that things are really bad, um, you know, find someone else to bounce the idea off of. But be aware of things like GDPR, be aware mm -hmm. of things like NDAs, which is why I like actually having my husband involved because now when something really crazy goes on, every corner we're just like we're going to sit down and we're going to make certain we're exactly where we need to be are we at a point where we actually need to bring in yet another employee are we at a point where we need to get rid of that type of marketing etc but that's my big advice mm. for you the, the number one thing that i wish i knew when i first started i know this isn't the section that we're doing but why not <laughs> hey, while we're all jumping BYOM. on you're is, learning this is the point <laughs> is when i when i started uh, contracting specifically contracting I, I ran a business before that as well and then i went permanent for a bit but the business I didn't really have this problem because I had partners and employees and I had people to do the relationship management but relationship management as a contractor is a lot more important than most contractors put effort into basically I wow. wish all of the clients that I'd worked for all of the engagements that I had that I'd had better relationship management after the fact I would have got repeat business from them you know I, I would have maybe offered you know every every three months or whatever offered them to see if they need any time of, of mine these days i do it and it pays dividends people want to talk to me and want to re-engage me but i never did it before and it's a massive yeah. thing it really is yeah for me depending upon the client there's ones i check in on every three months because of the type of client they are but there are ones where i am sending out an email at the start of every month going hey I hope everything's going okay. I hope, you know, what you were planning to do here was good and all that was there, you know, just wanted to check in. That email usually responds with a, oh my God, thank you so much. I haven't had time to reach out to you yet. I need your help. And I'm like, cool, let's get to business. Let's get the brass tacks done. And you already know how I work. You already know how my rates work because you, you know where we're at. I already know what projects you have me working on. So let's just do this. Yeah. And it's it actually is a, a sped up onboarding and offboarding process. There's a, there's another so. thing as well to that. If you keep in touch with your clients, let's say for example you're a typical contractor that goes into an office and works within a team, uh, you know, for for a set period of time or whatever. If you keep in touch with the manager at that 
place. They're a permanent employee. Normally their relationships aren't the first thing in, the, in their agenda. They need to do the work and deliver projects, right? If you keep in touch with that manager, you will hopefully get to know when that manager moves on. And that's, that's the negative side of it, but it happens. And you may potentially be able to keep the relationship going with that company, with the next manager that takes their place, if you do it regularly. Even if they've got no work on, it's just about, it's a, it's relationship management. And I, oh, I, I just wish I had, I really do, because I'd be in a much better position now. And it, it's only been the last three or four years that I've done it and it's paying off, you know, and it takes a year, two years sometimes for that to pay off but it does, it does massively. Yep. So the little piece of information I'm going to bring for my BYOM, if you do anything involving servers, run an elk stack. End of story. So for those of you who are unaware of what an elk stack is, um, I run a lot of servers right now and I need access to their logs for debugging sometimes, I do security audits, and part of my workflow as Handy, well, has been learning is when you do your things, things take time. Uh, but uh, part of my workflow is verifying and checking these logs and making certain everything's okay, making certain the log rotation is actually doing what log rotation should be. And um, well, I needed a solution and the solution ended up being Elasticsearch with Logstash with the visualization through Kibana. It is free. You pay for the instance that you run it on. You can cluster it up really powerfully, really well. Um, and uh, you can have your little agents sitting and bringing all the logs in, and you can actually create fantastic dashboards that give you absolutely everything and anything that you need to know. So for those of you who are in that, do that, because Elk is gorgeous at this moment in time. <laughs> And S and W says, if you have, if you hate money, you splunk. Is that hate or have money? Because that's a two completely different terms. And I haven't looked at splunk. I've only really explored. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. And S and W. Okay, so we're at the end of our show about you know tips and how do you stay relevant and learn to love the code. The obvious number one way to stay relevant is to listen to our podcast <laughs> and to share our podcast with everybody. Shameless. Yeah, but I love cheeky. it. I love it. Good. I'm like being it. so cheeky. <laughs> yes. Thank you to all of you guys on Twitch, including some names we haven't seen before. It is absolutely lovely to engage with you. And we love it. And for all of you listening in on a future podcast, we hope to see you live. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share, do all of the things. And finally, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. I hope You're you've welcome. enjoyed yourself. <laughs> Yes, it's been uh, been great. Uh, just uh, it's it's improving. What because uh, I uh, uh, words. words. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free now, Andy, if you've got anything to pimp, anything like that. If you've got any projects, your company, anything like that, the it's channel? your it's your time to shine. So um, my social media is there. Well done. The right well done. There you go. Uh, that's, that's my Twitter account. So go and follow me on there. But I'm lucky number Slevin on Twitch or Slevinth Heaven on Twitch. Um, one's my company account, one's my actual me account. Um, and I run Slevinth Heaven, which is a company that is pretty much brand new. Uh, we started in July, but our first client is this streaming platform, which is Twitch. Uh, I know you're those of you on the podcast. I said this streaming platform. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows Be specific, on the podcast. It's not so Apple. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my first client was Twitch, and that's how the company got started. And that is basically the culmination of the past three years. And that's basically what I'm pimping out is the fact that keep learning, find your niche to keep learning, mm. and because I've done it here. I've had massive opportunities, including a, like a nice little box there. Well, we can't uh, quite see that, but we can't quite see it. But that's got a trophy in from Microsoft because that's got an MVP trophy in there. Oh. <laughs> so that that whole three years has just been absolutely mental. And 
learning's gone from here where I was fairly stagnant. I'm not saying I was completely stagnant. I was just trying to find my niche to that. And and it was and I think that's the whole point of this podcast. Um it's just gone exponentially upwards. Good stuff, right? I mean, I said it's it's wonderful to hear a success story like that, especially, you know, on platforms like Twitch and and anything that there's a lot of different ways to do this and streaming yeah. streaming isn't for everybody. No. But streaming is a way to improve yourself and improve your, you know, your public speaking and you know, using a platform like this, you can make friends. You can you can learn and and you know, Network. We, we've we've created a great little community from this. Um, and most of mm. the people that we we have in here, we also have in Discord, and and it's just it's just really nice. It's, uh, another thing that I wish I'd l learned uh, very early on in my contracting career is that people matter, not just for learning, but for keeping you sane. For ha having that catharsis, I mean, the the RTFM channel in our in our Discord is crazy, and you know Andy's involved in it as well now, and he's getting involved. And there's got quite a, cycling there's, yesterday. There's, yeah, and cycling. Yeah, we we found out that we've got something in common. It's it's just nice to have that. And even though yeah. we we're not, you know, we may meet at a conference at some point, but we you know we don't know each other personally. But it's just nice to have it. And and I can't, I just can't say enough for other people. As misanthropic as I've been throughout my life, it's just nice to finally be part of a community in this in the dev world, at least. Anyway. Um, I think that right there is the solution. It makes no difference how you do it. Be a part of some community. Now, the reason I say this is because Jamie brings up a point. Streaming certainly isn't as easy as you three folks make it seem. I used to do it myself. I'm going to go right out and say streaming is not easy. Don't think it's easy at all. It is an addendum. It is an additional function on top of an already back-breaking kind of experience if you're scared of learning in front of people or you have social school type of things that kind of make you anxious or anxiety-ridden. There's also time, technology, getting it just right. It isn't that easy. I think it's the community. And I know for a fact that Jamie is heavily involved in several communities. And I, that might be one of the things that makes it work because you know, there are a lot of podcasts, and he runs one. Indeed, I'm just going to say one one last note on the uh, the streaming lark. And this, I've never been able to put this any other way. Is you've got to be a little bit of a narcissist. Oh, absolutely! What? You've got to love yourself. What? You've got to love uh, yourself because <laughs> your stream is about you. You hmm. have to be a, at least a little bit of a narcissist to be able to stream. There is no two ways about it. The thing that comes with it as well, I mean, I, I don't particularly, I mean, I know we joke about my ego and my perfection and stuff on this podcast a lot. Well, I, it's, it's a joke though. You're actually pretty down to earth. That's the oh, thing is I, I, I am, I am absolutely perfect and there's nothing wrong with me and I could do this on my own. I don't need anybody else to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, the point, the point is, is that this helped me um, become a better person and, and and speak better. And I still stumble or fumble around my words, and and I'm you know I'm not perfect, but it's just as I said, it's just nice to have it. It really is, and it's lovely to see people talking and chatting and engaging and giving us feedback and getting involved. You know, um, but anyway, so let's let's actually we're, close we're, the show because we yeah, were kind you, of in you, the middle you, of you're it. You're at your script. <laughs> you mean we have a lovely script that's all rewritten and everything. You're, we're at your section. So yes, um, you can also get in touch with us, follow us, see any of our um, any of our podcasting platforms, our YouTube links, our Discord links. If you're a developer and you want to come into a Discord server that's full of other developers or software and IT professionals, um, you we can have see that. as well. And so, I said IT professionals. Perfect. I said IT professionals. Um, uh, you can come onto our website, which is www.dnistream.live. We are in the process of rebranding that. It isn't doesn't quite match everything we've got going on on Twitch at the moment, but it will do soon. And in fact, we will soon be doing some streaming to improve that website, Josie and I. Yes. Um, you can also use it to contact us for any reason. If you've got any suggestions for topics on the show, you want to be a guest on the show, you want to come on and improve your own self-esteem and see how it's how how streaming is done, come along, set a topic, and we'll talk about it, as long as it's within the realms of the IT world, of course. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it from us, isn't it? <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, Chris, in all of that rambling, I think you covered everything. 
<laughs> and this is why we have a script, <laughs> right? Yes. But yes, we hope to see you all next week, um, Thursday, 7 p.m. UK time, twitch.tv slash DNI stream. If not, we'll catch you on the digital download side of the podcasts out there since we're literally everywhere. Don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel if you want to subscribe. Don't bother. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother. <clears throat> yeah, but all that's left to say is a goodbye from our guest Andy. Goodbye. A goodbye from my co-host with the epic sentient beard, Chris. All right, see you later. And goodbye from me. See you all later. Bye. Bye.